Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Happy New Year, everybody. I can still say that, right, Sean? We've established that. It's January 3rd, Tuesday, the Tuesday episode. Don't already look annoyed. <laughs> this is our first episode of 2023, Sean. We're going to come in with a new attitude positivity, energy, Sean, and we'll get to that in the third segment. This is Craig Custance, co-host of the Tuesday Boys, if you will, episode of the Athletic Hockey Show, joined as always by Sean Gentili. I'm always joined by Sean Gentili. Is Sean always joined by me? No. You don't know. (laughs) No. (laughs) How come I don't get to do one with Max occasionally? Take a day off, Sean. Okay. How about you offer? Oh, I, I wouldn't. Would, I would never be crazy. Crazy talk. Oh, so Sean and I were g- planning on coming into this first segment. We've got a great show. It's already the other two segments are already recorded. Shayna join us in segment two. Shayna Goldman, and she's great, and she's insightful. And we talked Devils and Rangers and some of the worst things in hockey to happen in 2022. It was a fun conversation, and you can feel free to skip ahead to that. If you'd like um, segment three, some explaining Sean and I had some explaining to do. Uh, we were going to talk a little winter classic to start. We've got an updated trade board, but yeah, yeah our original plan was to talk we, about the updated trade board, which dropped this morning, but um, we don't want to do that right now. We, no, no. So I'm sure you all saw Demar Hamlin bills plays for the Buffalo bills had a cardiac arrest. Um, I think it's currently in critical condition as we record this. It's all, you know, it's all we're talking about, um, you know, from in the sports perspective, from a human perspective. And Sean and I, honestly, like we, we hopped on a Zoom to record this and are now an hour into that conversation, like talking about that situation, talking about some of the hockey parallels. Um, and probably we're like, we should probably just talk about this. And then on top of it all, Sean has a very personal connection. Demar went to his high school. He's you're what a minute from where Demar played high school football right now. I am. I think it's a tick over a mile. I went to Central Catholic High School. Demar, uh, a few years younger than me. I think. He, I think he's 24. So he was well, well, well behind me. Um. But man, I that's I, that's the first thing I thought when because he it. He is, as a player, he's definitely um, kind of inextricable from from that school because he's one of the best one of the best athletes Central has ever produced, and this is a high school football 
factory, really, especially over, over the last 20 years or so. And he also went to Pitt, which is two blocks, literally, from the doors of the high school he attended. Um, I've watched DeMar Hamlin play football in some capacity since he was, you know, 17, 16 years old, right? Mm. Like every week. Cause I grew up, I grew up a pit football fan and I live here now. And I was, I'm rooting, I was rooting for him in the, in the NFL. Cause that's just kind of the, kind of the way it works. Um, but we're seeing, I think, you know, in Pittsburgh today on Tuesday, it's 11 o'clock right now, Tuesday morning. I think we're seeing the connection that Tamar had, not just with that school, not just with, uh, the, the university, um, he's from McKee's Rocks, which is a, it's a, it's a town right outside the city borders. And, you know, we're seeing go fund, uh, go fund me for his mother's daycare center. I mean, this, he's it really has become kind of inextricable with the football fabric of, of this city, right? Cause he mm-hmm. is high school, college and now, and now, and now at the bills, um, it was heartbreaking and terrifying to watch last night. And yeah, I think now we're just kind of in the group of people who are trying to parse what we saw and 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 um be useful, I think, in in the wake of it, right? Cuz that's that is that that's always the way I feel in in the in the wake of Trev serious situations like this, whether they're tragic, whether they're whatever however you want to frame it is part of the job is like you just want to be useful and you you, you want to help, you know, tell the right story and make the right connections and whatever. And I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of people that are kind of in that mode right now, but yeah, as in Demar Hamlin at at his core, he's, he's a central kid, you know, he's a central kid like me and, and and a whole lot of other people I care about. And that's sort of the, the the terms that I'm thinking of it. in. you just, you just praying for him and, and thinking of his mother and thinking of his family and just hoping for the best. Hmm. You were telling me that it's a football factory. Mm-hmm. What three, four, four kids from his team are in the NFL? Yeah, at the at the moment, yeah. I mean, it it, it comes in waves. You you know that stuff goes. There's, you know, there's not <laughs> there's there's four ki- there's four players in the NFL right now, basically, who went to Central Catholic High School, and they were all on Demar's team, right? Like that mm-hmm. was a that was a kind of in the in the annals of 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 you know, the central Catholic football history. That's, that was one of the best teams ever, but yeah, there's, there's a, there's a presence there. There's a major pit presence in the, in the NFL. Um, yeah, you just think, you, you think of that, right? You think, you think all the, all the, all the connections. And, and this is true for, this would be true for any NFL player. It would be true for any athlete. Right. It's like, is the, is the waves of, you know, the kind of waves of connections and the concentric circles that that sort of pop up whenever we talk about this is there's so so many players that he's played with and whether it's high school or college or whatever and that watched that happen last night and watched it happen to someone that that, that they played with and and uh, and cared about. But yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Um. So you know, I, this is a hockey podcast, and we were talking, you know, immediately about experiences right. like this that happen in hockey and. You know that's that's our connection. Those are the stories that we lived and covering the sport for a long time. And you know, we, there's Jay Bo Meester. You brought up Chris Bronger, who you just talked to last week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Rich Peverly, Craig Cunningham. I I spoke oh. with him shortly after his. He I think he was in the AHL when it happened. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, cardiac same, you know, similar. 
and and came back and um had a long recovery and was scouting for the coyotes and it's it's amazing how it just immediately shifts things into focus you know about what's important and the realities and the recovery and the people around you like i remember talking to craig's girlfriend at the time and his family and um just how much people start to rally around the players in the situation and you look at the way those stories too the hockey stories are covered in the moment and the way mm-hmm. in the way they're treated and i i think you just it comes back to the fact that this happened in full view of cameras on ESPN with a camera affixed to him. This wasn't a guy slumping on the bench. This was Demar getting up after a tackle and then and then and then and then falling. Right. So there's like that level of horror, I think, mm-hmm. as you watch it unfold that maybe we didn't experience firsthand or in the same way as observers or or just fans or or, or anybody. Right. There's a difference between watching that happen. And having Jay Bowmeister, not to diminish in any no, any right. part of what Jay Bowmeister went through, but like as a consumer, it they're they're not really comparable, right? Like there is has something happening on a bench is different is different than happening in, in the middle in the middle of the field. So I I feel like it was we learned we learned about we learned about these events we learned about it especially Bowmeister and especially Craig Cunningham because it's because it's it's in the AHL. Like we learned about them after the fact. It wasn't right. something that it wasn't something that we experienced as a culture, um, in real time. And I think that's kind of what we saw last night, right? That's and that's the power of the NFL. I think in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, like this happened on Monday Night Football, right? Like this is the biggest story, biggest sports story in the country, and it will be for however long. It's because as a as a as a sporting culture. Not to overstate it, but like I think we went through something traumatic last night. Like there is there is some level of trauma that's inflicted on any on anybody who who watched that who watched that happen, and that's just that's just from watching on television. And and if you if you're an empathetic person, you think about what about the people on the, what about the people who who were at the game? What about the people who are surrounding Demar Hamlin? What about mm-hmm. Demar Hamlin's teammates and friends? What about his mother? Like you sort of as you sort of tighten it up and you go farther in and you think about the effect that it has as alarming as it was for people without as much skin in the game. There are, there are strangers who are standing outside of the hospital in Cincinnati right now. And that, and it affected them on such a level that, that they, that they were willing, that they're willing and feel it necessary and feel compelled to do something like that. These are fans. These are people who do not know DeMar Hamlin on a personal level. And they've mm-hmm. been affected that deeply where they're willing to go do that. And I look at those people on the outside of the hospital wearing, you know, Josh Allen jerseys and they're there because they feel like they should be. And then you think about DeMar's mom and and all the, and these people that are infinitely closer and and the 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 experience that they're going through. If it affects somebody on the outside that that acutely, I can't imagine what like what it's like to experience you know when it's someone you actually know and love and and you know deal with on on a on a on a day-to-day minute minute by minute basis. It's it's just hmm. a it was hard. It was hard to watch, and it's and it's it's still hard to believe that it happened. Honestly, that was one of those surreal, surreal moments. I think in on television or in sports or in news consumption or whatever, where you're just like, "Am I? Is this? What am I? What am I? What am I watching here?" Yeah, yeah. Um, you never know what s- stories are going to 
you know, uh, shoot out of something like this. I, I love that, you know, Bill's fans discovered his GoFundMe. That's for his his mom's daycare center. It's Kelly and Nina's yeah, daycare center. I, I think that rocks. I think that's I think that might be kind of. I mean, I, understandably, it's lost because it's it. You know, it's at the Mar Hamlin GoFundMe and whatever. Yeah. But that's it's Kelly and Nina's daycare, and Nina is his mom. Yeah. So this money that that people are, and does that make it more? Does that make it? You know, is that make it more impactful or less impactful? It's that's not the point. But like people are donating money. I think sight unseen, just thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, this is. This is a this something is a you cared about. <laughs> yeah, and I want to do something, and yeah. it is. But this is this also this is this is his mother's life work. A in the work that she did to put him through high school and give him the best opportunity to, you know, create the life that he created for himself. Like his mother, legendarily, and there's plenty of stories that have been written about this. And it was it was part of the part of the story that before it was written, right? Everybody knew how hard Demar's mom worked. Hmm. To, to send him to that school because this is a private school is not cheap and it's 20 or 25 minutes away from from where he grew up like this wasn't it was not not easy and his mom made tough decisions and worked really 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 hard hmm. and one of the many jobs she held was running a daycare center and the goFundMe is for that daycare center and we're well over three million dollars donated to that by the way so we'll see we'll see what happens with that I know uh, that's just an overwhelming amount of money, and who who knows where who knows where they go from here. But it's it's heartening to see people jump jump on that. But it is it's going. That's the connection between him and that <laughs> him and that that GoFundMe and, and that in that daycare center is a little bit more direct than people realize, which is good, bad. Well, like, it's it's a it's a good thing. It's at three point eight million right now. His goal when he it's set amazing. it up was to raise twenty five hundred dollars. It's I mean. Uh, if you want to, if you want to um, donate, I retweeted an Albert Breer mm-hmm. link that Albert was kind of tracking the progress. Um, who works for I think the NFL Network, um, and you can find it there. Um, but it's, I mean, I love that. You know, we're we're obviously rooting hard for his recovery. We don't know, you know, it's eleven ten as we record this. Um, so yeah, we you know. We didn't want to go full on hockey talk, and if you're wondering why the mood's going to shift for the next two segments, it's because yeah, we recorded we it on Monday yesterday before the game. Um, but yeah, that's why, and so we just you know we're praying for him and his family, and and hopefully more good continues to come from this. Yeah, and if you want to hear the latest in hockey stuff, there's plenty of coverage from the Winter Classic on the site. There's the trade board there like you can go you can go and find that it's easy but uh neither of us really had the stomach for talking about that and it for any length uh today but yeah prayers prayers to Demar and prayers for prayers for his mom nina and prayers for everybody close to him because what else is there to give at this point we'll be right back with shana goldman welcome back and we are now thrilled to be joined by Shayna Goldman. It's been it's been too long since you've been on the Tuesday show. I mean, it has been. You, you pop up everywhere, but I, I, we haven't we haven't had you on Tuesday. Thanks for doing this, Shayna. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. I'm glad we're still saying Happy New Year. We will. I will send Happy New Year texts for the next three weeks. What's the cutoff? 
I, the fifth. I think the fifth. Oh, the fifth. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna just <laughs> put a hard date on it. The fifth. Five days after New Year. New Year started. <sighs> it's over. Then it's back to hope you're well. That's that, that's my lead in. <laughs> I haven't gotten text. any of these from you. I haven't happy gotten yeah. no. no. Yeah, happy where New are Year, happy New no Year texts? You guys, you two wanted happy New Year texts. Yeah. I knew I would be Who seeing you, you on the zooms <laughs> in, today. So I, I saved it for this moment. Happy New Year to you both. And <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, Shana, you wrote a great piece. We're going to get to in a second where you highlighted some. Uh, we do some best and worst year end. Really, it's like let's get us through the holidays so we don't have to work all that hard. And but thankfully, you did it well. And I wanted to get to that. But I did want to. I always want to do kind of a, a New York area vibe check with you because the Devils, everyone's favorite team to start the season, have gone a little bit sideways. How, what's the concern level there for you? Um, I think the concern is that they're five on five play. You could kind of see like there's a perfect graph of this on hockey viz because we don't watch the games. We only watch the charts develop. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. So do you, you watch s- them update or do you just how does no, that I work? Every, charts, every like refresh. six seconds, just quick. Keep it going. But there's uh, the two lines that show like they're five on five offense and defense. And you could see how far apart they were. And it really did describe their play perfectly because they were like controlling play, not allow- allowing mm-hmm. anyone to touch the puck. And it's just slowly getting closer together till it's met in the middle. And that's where they are right now. So sometimes teams get a little stagnant when they win a bunch. And sometimes other teams around the league get better at scouting them because now everyone knows to adjust for their speed game and figure it out. Now take, you know, take John Marino out of the lineup who's taking out, you know, taking on the toughest minutes. And uh, things aren't great, and the goaltending has not been perfect. So there's definitely work to do, but I guess it's good to yeah. face the adversity now, maybe instead of in the spring. Yeah. Do you think, do they fall under the, like, there's always those teams that start off hot because nobody cares. Like, the good teams don't really check in until February or whatever. You know, do the, are the Devils one of those teams that were able to, ca- like, came in motivated and were able to capitalize on other teams not caring? Or do you think this is... You know, people figuring them out, the the water leveling. Like, where where are they in that kind of? I think both both might yeah. kind of fit. Like, no one knew they'd be this good because I think last year everyone just wrote them off and rightfully so. But in front of the goal, like they weren't terrible after the holiday pause or whatever you want to call it last year. You know, things got better for them, but it was hard to tell because games spiraled out of control because of their goaltending. So that's one factor. But I do think teams are just learning to account for them better. You know, you're, if you're top offensive player you're getting john mariano and brian graves try to find their flaws you know you right. know what he is going to do you know you're probably not stopping jack hughes it's a matter of containing him so there's definitely some flaws on the devils i think that other teams are figuring out a little bit and now it's up to the devils to figure out a way to readjust for that yeah. just from a system standpoint i mean they were were and are just like wild aggressive right with what they do with their defense and they those guys are up far basically i mean that's that's the most basic way to put it and that feels like something that, you know, I think it's kind of dovetail in with what Craig said. Chan, I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but I think that kind of dove, dovetails in with early season games where if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning playing against the Devils like in October and you're just like, whoa, whoa what is like hey, calm? That? How about you guys just like calm down a little bit, <laughs> yeah. right? Because they it's are. Like they're over, they're in every, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come back. We'll talk around like St. Patrick's Day or something. And I, it does feel like you know, that there was an element of surprise there early on with them. Yeah, a bit. And I think the other thing is, too, I don't I hope that people don't look at this and go, well, the run and gun style doesn't work because I do think it can work. Yeah. It's, 
it's just adding a little versatility to it. Like the mm-hmm. Devils were really good off the rush last year. This year they got a little better on off the cycle to start. And it could have been because some teams were a little flat footed to go into the year and that's fine. But I, you know, you want to see them, you want to see any team because like no one wants a team. Well, unless it's like the Oilers. I think everyone wants the Oilers to be bad to watch like chaos happen or things like that. But like most I don't, <laughs> I don't want the Oilers to be bad just for the record, but go ahead. They're I want America's the best team. player in the world to be on a good team. I, okay, yes. that would be fun. I agree with that. But, you know, you watch a team and you want to see what they can do. Where can this go? What can their systems like work out? You know, yeah. so for the Devils, you want to see them have a little bit of versatility in their game. And they were starting to get there, but it does feel like they need to just, you know, have a little more dimension. And mm-hmm. hopefully other teams can take note and go, okay, this does work. It's like with the Colorado Avalanche. Everyone finally saw them win. and was like, oh, that's a team to follow. When for years they were the team I think everyone should have been taking notes from. Yeah. By the way, Videk Vanacek in the last month is minus 0.56 goal saved above expected uh, and his save percentage is 0.893. It's bad. In the last, mu- in the last month of games. Mm. It's bad. Watch out. This is this is playoff Videk Vanacek with the Washington <laughs> yeah. Capitals. The worst. They, they should be scared because that dude is average on his best day. So we shall see. How are you no. feeling about the Rangers? They they're playing. They they they're they're okay. They're okay. They have their moments. They yeah. it feels like when they make a right decision, it's not made for the right reasons. Like you'll <laughs> see some of the lineup choices, and it feels like so many of them are just out of spite, and it's like a very Gerard Gallant thing to do. And it's like we shouldn't be surprised. Like some coaches actually evolve, some don't at all, and that's the trouble when you recycle a coach. And that's the prime example of it. Can he optimize the lineup? Yes. And I think that there's like the storylines coming out like the Lafreniere stuff and he was scratched and all that. And like, it can be a good thing to have a player sit back with the skills coach, watch from above and get better. But sometimes you have to wonder how productive it can be. So there's a couple bad factors. And then you have Adam Fox and whenever he's on the ice, everything's fine and wonderful. So it doesn't matter. Where do you think the best spot for Lafreniere is right now in that lineup? I, I think that I think they should have kind of like coach Goldman. What is, what is, what is she doing? (laughs) If I'm coaching right now, I'm committing to left or right, and that's it. I think last year Mm -hmm. they could have done that a little bit more. I would want to see him on the right side with Panarin a little bit more. I I would be curious to see even Panarin, Hedl, Lafreniere get a little bit more time because, like, Trocek and Panarin kind of work. They kind of don't. But if you're putting him on the right, you have to keep him there and let him just grow into the role, which they did last year and then they didn't. But I think Kako was working better with Kreider and Zibanejad where Lafreniere was best last year. So why not try him on the right? And if not... Keep them on that third line. Just keep them the actual somewhere. minutes. Yeah. Just <laughs> whatever you do, just stick them there for a while. Yeah. And try to make it work. And if it really doesn't adjust, but like figure out which center's best down the middle of the second and third line and put actual skilled players in the top nine instead of defensive players who are fine on the fourth line. You mentioned Gerard Gallant. I'm, I'm wondering, like, if they go on this long playoff run, I wonder if there's going to be some story that emerges about how close he was to losing his. Like, when we were like looking back at the regular season. It's going to be like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I think was, there will be. <laughs> he was 30 seconds away. Yeah, yeah. That uh, It feels like that always happens. Like, he was so close. Mm-hmm. If this coach wanted to coach this team, he was going to be out. Like, it it was, like, at that point. So, yeah. you know, by, by the skin of his teeth, he's there. I but it's just a matter of whether he makes the decisions because he thinks it's right or if, you know, <laughs> it's any other influencing factors. Like, hey, you have to play this player. And he's like, fine, but I'll put him on the fourth line. And if he's terrible... I'll scratch him. Like that's that's the this, vibe a little bit. <laughs> this is anecdotal, 
but I think we are at a higher number of Coach X, if they would have lost on night Y, would have lost his job, but didn't. Like, I feel like that's mm. happened more times than typically this season. So, yeah. Which is always a good way to make a long-term totally. huge decision. Like, <laughs> one, okay, one night. If they were tonight in November, we're good. Yeah, but we need. I need a system for this. Like, I want to know what general managers. Is like, all right, best out of five. If we don't hit this benchmark, that's it. Or if this coach <laughs> does this, that. Like, where where do they? I need to know where Just, they draw the line, and do they learn from it? If they're like, I'm giving him one more game, and he earns the one more game, the next time he screws up, does he get one game, or do, like, are you going to give him no. two next time? If you make that decision, I don't know how you just don't say, wait a second, I don't want this guy to be my coach anymore. Yeah, just fire him. <laughs> like just if you set the, yeah. if you set if, that, if that's how you set the terms, like you're you're already you're already mentally checked out. Like imagine <laughs> yeah, imagine if you're having the, those thoughts, then yeah. you should probably just do it. Yeah, if why not? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll get another imagine, job in five minutes. It just keeps going around. It doesn't matter. Imagine coaching in one of those games or being the GM watching your team in one of those games and it comes down to the shootout. Like what happens <laughs> then? You're like, well, I guess. Well, <laughs> Maybe he should have started this goalie this night. He put this player in as the third shooter. He's done. Get him out of here. Mm. Did so any, Shana, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Sean. No, I was no, gonna go say, ahead. did any did any coaching stuff pop up in the uh in your worst of the year? I don't think I, I read that no, like actually, last week. I, feel like. I don't think any coaching stuff did. I mean you could say maybe you could blame some stuff it's all the ducks on coaching, but you could blame it on everything. <laughs> but otherwise, surprisingly, no. Hmm. I mean, Mel, Pe- Mel Pearson got a mention in the hockey toxic culture portion. That oh, count? yes, that that counts. Yep, that one. That's definitely a big one with coaches and every single person. <laughs> um, so th- the worst, sometimes it can be, um, I-, I like handing out worst awards. It can be way more entertaining to read than than the best of 2022. I thought your f- <laughs> the best, the best was the worst take of 2022 was the commissioner saying that the uh the ads uh, are fine the digital ads are fine that was people like them actually yeah they love them who doesn't i personally <laughs> like to say watch people like them or did he say people what he didn't say that people like them but, but the way it was the the way it was phrased was true was the, true classic classic batman like just i don't even i just implying that to ask the question was crazy like why like why are you, why are you even bringing this up and they had a focus group, right? Didn't you say they had a focus yeah, the, group? In the front? Who was in the was, focus um, group? Was it all of your employees? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the marketing department from uh, from Enterprise Rent a Car and Discover, and <laughs> they loved it. New he Amsterdam. Called it a non, Gary called it a non-issue. So anything's a non-issue if you're in charge and you're not making an issue of it. Why would it be an right? issue? Why? Who doesn't like to watch a car is, drive through the boards or a player's hip disappear? <laughs> it's what we're all it's, looking for in a game. I personally love that. I want to count how many. That's that's going to be my new stat for the year. Like how many disappearances per sixty on the boards. That'll have be what better, I check. Have the ads gotten better? Or have we just gotten more used to them? I feel like I feel like I'm just like numb. Just like all, yeah. just like all this shit. You can apply it to really any number of things that are associated with the NHL. It's like, well, it's been going on for like four months now, so I'm not sure if I pay any attention to it. It's not all bad though. Like it honestly, I think I like the more white space when there's not cars driving through the ads. Like there, some of them are disappearing. Yeah, it's like it's intrusive, but I think like it can look cleaner. The problem for me is like you need to have a cool element with this to to sell it. Like 
Here's the ads. They suck. Everyone's going to think shit. That's okay. But what we're also going to do is when a player scores a goal, watch it pop off all the colors, have the excitement, just like the World yeah, Cup the fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> if, you yeah. Su- if you put this in the suggestion box somewhere, I think that's the right answer here. I need to check in the mail if I get that, though. Like, I will yeah, demand like, it. Like, let the record we'll, show. <laughs> we'll put up with terrible ads and players' hips disappearing if, in return, we get, like, fireworks yeah i think th- i think there's a level of honesty in bedman whenever he talks about this stuff because he know like he doesn't give a shit right like it just it, it comes across he's like it's like whatever it's a non-issue that's an issue like Who so cares? there's, there's, truth, your time on there's it? truth in that what I, uh, part of me would what i'd rather hear from him in situations like this is just be like yeah uh tech might not be where it needs to be but guess what we don't give a shit it's making us money do you guys want the cap to go back up or not yeah like, yep that's it like you could say like, that the that, last that couple years Look at we need. We need That's more it. money. No, That's we're, the only, so we're making up. We got to make up money. That's the it's only been defense. A rough go for a That's while the only here. defense for that stuff. Not being like actually this thing that is annoying you isn't actually <laughs> annoying you. That you you like it. In fact, it's good. Yeah. It's just we like, no, it. Suck it up. We need money. <laughs> our focus groups. According to our focus groups, you, you actually like do like this. It. You like this. So and he could say too, like we have to work on this on the fly. There was no way to test this sooner except for in-game action. Like, and that's understandable. I get it. You don't want to say to like your advertisers, ad- advertisers, like, hey, Enterprise, you're putting your ad up there. And we actually think the boards suck. So please keep giving us your money. Like, I get you have that business perspective to handle. But you could say, like, we're working on them on the fly. It's only going to get better from here. Like, just be patient with us. Yeah. I Like, part of me feel, like, feels for Gary because he... If he says, we know these aren't good, but we, they're going to get all the headline says is Batman at <laughs> digital ads are no good. Then he goes to enterprise and tries to re up for next year. And they're like, what the product that you said wasn't. So, you know what? I, I'm now on his side. I've switched. That's oh my God. Yeah, I mean, at least Batman. say you're in the middle. You understand if you're going to fully to his side. Just go all the way with nope. it, Gary. Just crazy. focus it, groups. And this is when Best Gra- take Craig, Craig was Craig's- in the focus group. He's going to pull off his mask. He's going to pull off a Mission Impossible latex <laughs> mask. It gets Gary Bettman, everybody. How are we doing? The commissioner's uh, here. <laughs> how about the Ducks getting worse team over? There were some options there. There um, were. This the the like Blackhawks the Black dominated every category, but then when it came to, the, you know, the Acad- big Academy Award, you gave it to the Ducks. I don't know. Shana? Well, I think the thing is, too, I think you have to wait with expectations a little bit. Like, the Blackhawks, I expect to be bad. Everyone expects to be bad. They sold off players. They are bad. Like, okay, yeah. sure. And the Flyers, they're bad as well. But then you could be like, well, Carter Hart had a good streak. So there's that. And the Coyotes too, like you expect them to be bad. The Ducks like last year were a little bit exciting and then they just crashed and burned. And I do understand like that's what happens when you move players at the deadline and things like that. But right. they're, they're, they're bad this year. Like it's every aspect and the aspects they should be good at are like offense. Uh, they're mm-hmm. very bad. Yep. It's neck and neck with them and the Flyers for me because like because like you said I think you nailed it. It's about expectations. The Flyers didn't. They were trying. They thought that they thought that they were like yeah this might work, and look at and look at where they are. I know Kateri getting hurt is what it is, but that was a junk team from the start, and everybody on Earth realized it apparently except for except for Chuck Fletcher. So yeah, it's it's tough. I think on some level the Ducks and the Ducks are an interesting case because they were. I don't think they obviously weren't trying to win, but there was stuff that was happening, like whether it's the Klingberg signing or whatever, where you're like, you could see they were at least trying to like hedge their bets for Verbeek was like, oh, maybe like maybe this will work and we can flip them and whatever. And, and all of that has blown up uh, 
They tried spectacularly. Yeah, they did. They did they try. Did they, try. They, they don't. They if if they weren't trying, they wouldn't have signed Vetrano and and all those and all those dudes that come in and at least like build some kind of quasi respectable NHL roster. So yeah, that's that's tough. I'll I'll flip a coin between those between those two though. I don't mind giving a second place to the Blackhawks. I'm I'm okay yeah. with that. You know they deserve yeah. it. <laughs> They're, but they got they were bad for so many reasons. Like I feel like they kept getting mentioned in the bad so easily. Like you know when we finished the good because we did the good first, we're like we can't do these same categories for the bad. Like that's going to be way too mean. And then we start figuring out the categories, and it's like up oh, back to the black hooks, back to the black hooks. So it's nice someone else could share a little bit of the bad. But I think it's it's, it's all about you want the ducks, the young ducks, the ducklings. They were so fun at the beginning of the year. They yeah. were exciting. I don't care how bad they were in losing games. I wanted to watch them. Now I'm like. Is there really nothing else on? I mean, that's what happens when you win three regulation games in the first, whatever, four months of the season. They're playing the long game. Literally, (laughs) they're making every game very long. (laughs) Just just trying to find positive things. I'm like, is is Troy Terry even okay? Like, uh, Mm. not not really. That's the thing. The players you expect to be good, the Zegerses, the Terrys, Uh they're not very good. John Gibson is like, please rescue me. He's got to be. I know... I know he like doesn't want to be there for a rebuild. We've heard it, but he doesn't want to go anywhere. But like, I'm waiting for him to just get to the point. Like, please, yeah, please okay. save me. Got a got a player way off the island there, Whitehall Johnny. He's he's not he's not doing himself any any favors. Saint Gabriel's uh, Gator, John Gibson. I was waiting for it, Sean. Yes. Okay. <laughs> any any more local references? Uh, he, he, my uh, my aunt was his gym teacher. Yes. In grade school. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Friend of the family. Oh, wait, wait. This was like a serious thing. Like, I thought uh-huh. you were just pulling out, like, you actually know what he... No, Sean's connections to John Gibson. He's, he's from <laughs> he's from suburban Pittsburgh, yeah. Okay. Has he ever shown up at, like, a family... I was just like, going to say, I just... Like a graduation just party? Just like, just randomly? Uh, just my, for Christmas. My cousin just had a, a fourth birthday party for, for his kid, and John, Johnny showed up. It was good to see him. That's good. That's good. Um... Hockey's toxic culture got its own category. Not to like go negative here, but I mean, you know, poor Katie Strang was working twenty-three hour days the whole year um, because hockey. And there's a laundry list of things you mentioned, Shana, and Hockey Canada, and the Blackhawks, and Mitchell Miller. Is there any? You there was a line that said something like, "Maybe it just had to get worse before it gets better." I'm wondering if that Mitchell Miller thing maybe will be the moment people will be like oh we can't just sneak things through anymore i don't know maybe i think teams are still gonna do it i think they're gonna go he's a good player i don't care just every year we're gonna come back and say hockey culture with the same player two years ago yeah yeah Yeah, they bear and then they're like oh we didn't know this they're done doing there i'll say this they're done doing it with mitchell miller they don't have google apparently (laughs) the bruins don't have google they're not at fault they can't look these things up Mm. It'll be an, it'll be a year and a half break, and then something else will happen. So we're not hopeful that hockey culture is going to be any better in twenty three than it was. In uh, some pretty shitty stuff happened in twenty twenty one, if I remember, and that yeah, didn't, 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 didn't seem to prime the pump for twenty twenty two. So I think Katie needs more vacation days. I think I asked her too. Like I'm like, do you do you have something to like cool off in between all of this? Because like, so it doesn't like drag you down. Like mm. what? Like how do you do that? Because every single you go through her byline, and it's like up. Oh, Yep, there's another, and you keep scrolling. And it's amazing work, but you're just like, it sucks how much it has to keep coming up in conversation because, like, anytime you're like, all right, things are cool, everything's fine, you know, new day, and then it's like, actually, here's a scandal. 
Oh, yeah. and here's one we knew about for 20 years. Oh, and here's another. Actually, there's 10. There's 10 within this. We're going to break them all down. And then when you're investigating the 10, you're going to find another 10. It's like, oh, great. Awesome. Well, Got that it. is what happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. she'll write about the hockey dock and, or whatever in Michigan. And then 30 victims will reach out or whatever. And that's, you know, it doesn't end. She just turns and looks at her two beautiful daughters and is like, go do something funny. Like, make <laughs> me feel better. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else. What? Because the salvation from that isn't doesn't seem like it's coming from the work. No, very depressing. Then only uh. the only like bright spot though is that yeah. people are reaching out. People are talking. Yes. People are making you know awareness. So even if things keep continuing to happen, at least those who let things happen in the past can be held accountable. Now, if only like some punishments were a little like stiffer, maybe in the NHL, so it wasn't just like okay. You did no wrong. Like, I think, you know, that needs to change a little bit more. But the more this comes to the forefront, the better. So maybe things are going to get worse from here. And this isn't the, you know, rock bottom like we think. But maybe there's some upside eventually. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. It's not going to change unless there's like so, the end of like the self-satisfaction on on the part of of the NHL, Hockey Canada, whatever. Like they this we've seen this pattern with them. There's a problem, they fix it ostensibly, and then it they clearly are just like, Okay, we're good. Like Yeah, we're all nothing set. else like, nothing else to worry about. Like, let's, let's wipe our let's, hands of it. Let's yeah, yeah. Let's do let's uh let's let's wash off our hands and start start fresh and that's not how it works. Wow. Is there, some, is there something better? The is there something better po- to yeah. end on? What's Jesus give me some Christ. some positive uh, do you have any New Year's resolutions, Jana? Can we end on a positive note? Something I don't do exciting. New Year's resolutions. I'm not going <laughs> to. There we go. There we go. That's I my dog. Try. I mean, do you, do, you want me to, do you want me to do like bullshit one? No, yeah. don't. No, no. I, I finish paint, don't start I'm, now. Finish painting your house. How about that? <laughs> go, yes. How about I'm, that? Yeah, I'm not even done with one room. I It was because the cleaning took two days. Like you would think seems, I have like a 10 by. <laughs> no, like it's, it's, it's still continuing the cleaning. I should say I'm done with the cleaning. I'm on to painting. I'm done cleaning. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Well. Godspeed. Thank you. We'll, we'll let you go return to your painting. She, she's, Shana, <laughs> you can't see this listener, but she's recording this from maybe it looks like a, a broom closet that Sean has already said is better than any background he's 100%. It's a full, I'm in a full bedroom. I'm, I'm just, just in a corner. <laughs> Imagine. I thought <laughs> about doing it from there. It's in the functional <laughs> corner of the bedroom. Yeah. Because everything, <laughs> I, it's garbage bags and yarn piles because I... I have a, so I have this bench and I brought it. So my dogs had somewhere to sit while I'm doing things. So I had to dump all this yarn out of it. And now like they they came back here with me and today one of them did attempt to like jump on it when it doesn't exist, just like slams the window. So everything, everything is in shambles, but I was four seconds away from doing this from a blank room off a cardboard box. And I was like, let me at least sit at a desk. No, that's good. What's the best book behind you that you read? Um, you want to? I see. I see. You have a copy of Bench Bosses, which is the preeminent book about NHL like coaches that. that's been written in the last. <sighs> that one was really um, good, and I actually, it's it's a football book, but America's Game was like oh, yeah? my I I wanted a hockey comparable for that in baseball. So like once I finished that mm-hmm. for football, I was like, now I want it for every single sport. What what's the like like what's the idea? I'm always looking to steal good ideas. It's just like the history of the NFL, like how everything came together, mm-hmm. and it was interesting because like some of it I knew, but it was more in depth. And then there's an NHL version of it. It's just the NHL by DRC Jenish, I think is how you say mm-hmm. it. And it's very good. Yeah. But America's Game was like for like a sports history book that covers the whole league. Not like a fun thing, like the Golden Seals book. That's probably in this pile somewhere. 
the yeah. best one here, but um, I really, I really liked it. it. It was very interesting to see how the NFL came together. Great. Well, Shana, thanks for joining us. Thanks for and, having me. Uh, and it's always great to, to chat with you and enjoy painting the rest of that room. <laughs> Thank you. What color is it, by the way? Before before you go, um, a, a lot of beige because I have mm-hmm. bright things like blue, like a like a blue rug and a blue bed. No, so I was ready. Beige. I was re- I was ready to hear whatever. I have I do have a teal wall oh, though, one teal go. wall that's going to be very nice. But um, I think I'm going to go simple instead of a rainbow throughout teal like accent this wall. We love it. We love <laughs> it, folks. <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, Sean and I will we will. Uh, which we're recording later. Not yeah, we're going to be talking about something that we, def- we definitely know what the topic is for sure. Yeah, coming up in segment three. Stuff we definitely could have prepared for. We'll be right back. This is the only good segment on the show. Diving into the comment section. A little bit of a shallow pool this week. Come on, everybody. I, I, know, it, I know it was the holidays. <laughs> And I know a lot of you probably weren't like jumping in to listen to our podcast right before Christmas or whatever. Um, But eight comments. And also, we make them really hard to go to. So, we're going to address a couple of things in this final segment. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's about what we deserved, honestly. What? It's not what Chris Terrian deserved. Chris Chris Terrian was great. Um, We're going to address two things. The second thing we're going to address is... We're going to let Sean Gentili address his critics <laughs> in the comment section of his, what I thought was a really well done Sergey Fedorov NHL 99 piece. <laughs> you, thank you for the only uh, Detroit area resident mm-hmm. to hold that, hold that. And belief, I'll give yes. a little bit of context before we we'll let Sean talk on that. Yeah. How about you? How about you just take care of yourself first but, here, buddy? Low, low energy, yeah, low so, energy. So Craig. this is, I mean, I guess this is where we respond. This is our, this is our platform. We're allowed to respond to criticism and it's not all at Sean this time. People felt like in the last episode before the holidays, you got low energy, Craig. Now I didn't know that was lower. I didn't know I had various levels of energy. I mean, I knew I did, but I thought when it came to the podcast, Sean, I I was, uh, but multiple people <laughs> said like, I sounded I I, really I tired. I, was, I thought I was always great. I thought I was always That's what you're saying. like mid level. I'm never high energy. I don't have a high energy button. I'm, but I like to be consistent. So to um, that's good for that's good for one of us as opposed to wildly undulating moods on on, on the other end of the microphone here. Yes. Shanna into Ardell, um, into anyone else who was calling me out for low energy or just saying I sounded tired. I was tired, so actually, I didn't hide it very well. I was Kiss exhausted <laughs> and ready for the holidays and for some time off. Um, and what did you do the night before you recorded? I think you actually talked well, about this on the it, show. We did have an annual poker tournament that was played the night before. The Brothers Custons this Cup was stakes. awarded. This is a big, this is big, big money. money. I've been invited to play in this before. Thanks and for coming just, again, it's too, for, it's, it's too rich for my blood. Well, Toby McGuire was there. Mm-hmm. Affleck, mm-hmm. all the Molly's game guys. All the Molly. That's a good movie. Um, yeah, it's a, it's that's okay. fine. <laughs> so yeah, I, so I'd like to apologize to anybody that just didn't think I had high enough energy. That the second issue we're going to address in this final segment, um, and and please get your questions in the comment section of this one because Sean and I don't want to have to do any more work than necessary. Is Sean has been writing a lot of the NHL. 99 and and if you're late to the game on that that is the package we are 
rolling out the 99 best players in the game with 100 best. Number 99 is number one, as I'm sure everyone has figured out. Sean has done more than his share of writing. It's Mike Rupp actually is number well, one. We, we, I mean, we don't want to give anything away. Uh, in in over the holidays, he published a couple. Chris Pronger came in. A great conversation with Chris. Um, I, Sean and I had a conversation right after it ended. It sounded like Chris Pronger is always fun. We'll have to have him on the pod. We will actually, or maybe we can just run the audio of your your conversation with him. I I don't know if it's good enough. We honestly should do the that. quality. There's so many. I think people would I even put up with is. poor quality to hear it. I would. It was it was fine. Lots of F-bombs that got deleted because we are not allowed to swear in print anymore. Right? Mm, I'm not sure that's the policy. It needs a count. It can't just be like, here's a conversation with Chris Pronger. And it, oh, is it gratuitous? <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I did everyone a favor and, and, and deleted a bunch of them before I left. I left one of them in and it got the F-dash treatment because it was in the link. One of the, the funny things, and, and Sean wrote about it at the end there, Chris Pronger as they're about to hang up, hang up says, um, who's ahead of me on this list amongst defensemen? Yep. And then what? How's that conversation go? And then I said, how about you guess? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. He was like, all right, let's go. And I was like, I, and I'm like, I, this can't be what I write about for his, you know, for his main bar profile piece. Of, A, because it would be weird. B, it would also give away the order of the <laughs> well, a nine, that's a for me nine or ten. Somebody who's trying to sell this thing. <sighs> I mean, I, yeah, I, that's 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 a, b, and c is yeah. that I, is that it would have spilled the next you know ten of the next thirty five players or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, but he got all of them in order, and it was very funny in a very astute, you know, kind of reports on these guys because a lot of them were play. A lot of them were peers, or some of them were, you know, close to peers. And everybody was either a peer or a guy that he grew yeah. up watching. I think that's fair to say. So he had, he's Chris Pronger. So he had some thoughts. And he where he landed on it was basically like, you know, after coming in with guns yeah, blazes, why was like, I <laughs> what the fuck is this? Why am, why, am I, why am I not in the top 25 or whatever? After hearing the guys that weren't ahead of him, he was like, you know what? <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. You got yeah. me. I will say this, and this isn't probably going to make it into a story because, you know, there's no place for it. You know, if we were technically on or off the record at that point mm. either. He has some thoughts about the guys behind him. Oh, really? <laughs> and, yeah. And it was because that's what it turned into. Like we like we talked about the guys who were ahead of him and then he just wanted to talk about the list more. So he was like. Who was who just missed? Who is at one hundred and one? So I'm like going through like this the spreadsheet that we were working off of, and I'm like so so and so is one hundred and one, so and so is one hundred and seven, and that's when he really got he really got rolling, and I had to be like, all right, uh, ah, Chris, thanks for your thanks for your time, man. You probably you probably want to get back to your family. <laughs> what I hold you up any longer? He was like, yeah, sure, uh, that's <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm like, yeah. but no, it was, it was great, and we're gonna run that on the site whenever the uh whenever the order is um revealed yeah. so we don't actually blow that's good <laughs> blow up the blow up the order here but yeah whenever the last defenseman runs i believe it's not not hard to guess who that's going to be it's going to be like here's Rootstrom, right? chris pronger scouting the top 10 uh number one defenseman of all time is sergey fedorov oh 
Yeah, he I might have been. Scotty Bowman has said that often. He would have won multiple yeah, Morrises. Yeah, one of the big uh, one of the big criticisms um, of the Fedorov piece, and there were many, was that I didn't include that quote from Scotty Bowman, and instead included uh, Sergey Gonchar, which we got firsthand ourselves, saying yeah. a better version of that. The he could be an all star defenseman was part of what Gonchar was yes. saying. And so listen. I didn't feel like regurgitating a bunch of shit about Sergei Fedorov, and I'm I'm paying I'm paying for it dearly, which is fine. Pe- pe- people are entitled to sure, I, and I appreciate on, like look, dump on our work if you don't like it. But man, I I, I I'm telling you, I, I I'm I'm wearing I'm wearing this one. I never never gotten dragged in the comments. So like a couple of things. One, mm-hmm. so so if you're if you read this, if you're a Red Wings fan or a Sergei Fedorov fan, and you read it and you were like, I didn't like Sean's angle, um, and you commented, I want you to know. Like, we were very consciously trying to go different directions with some of these. Because if you roll out 99, over a course of what, how many days this is, a period of time, months, really, if you roll out 99 biographies of players that have already been written about a thousand times, people will stop reading. Like, there needs to be... So, we, we really encourage writers to find an angle, try to make yours stand out, make it different. Find something people haven't written about. And we've had a lot of those. And it'll, it'll, it'll be like one sliver of this person's career and it, it'll be a deep dive into that. And in that way, we don't – let's say this were to become a book one day. We don't, wouldn't, you wouldn't crack open the book and it would just be, you know, one, as you put, with Wikipedia entry after the – like that wasn't the point of this. It was just to find interesting stories to tell about great players. Um, and also, Fedorov's been written about extensively – like, and of course I thought about doing the Russian angle, right? But like, what am I going to do? Am I going to rewrite the Russian yeah, five, rewrite which is book. a phenomenal yeah. book and a phenomenal, and a phenomenal documentary and, and to do that in 2,500 words or whatever. <laughs> no, it's going to, like, somebody did that already. Right. And you talk about it. And of course you can't like talk about Sergei Fedorov and not mention that part of his career. Right. But. There were a lot of reasons that the choice was made, but like I, the one thing, and, and if if you if you like it, if you don't like it, you know that's fine. Like I'm, it's, it's the way it goes. That's that's what we what we open ourselves up to in this mm-hmm. in this profession. Like I, I don't I don't care, hate it, hate it, love it, whatever. The thing that I did want to say something about though is like that I was that I have some weird axe to grind with Sergey Fedorov. That was the one part that I wanted to clarify was that like I was coming at this from like a hater's perspective of like Sergei mm. Fedorov. And that's like not even that, that, that like truly couldn't be farther from the truth. Like I was born in 1986. I was eight years old when he won, when he won the heart, the red wings in a lot of ways, aside from the penguins for me, cause I growing up where I grew up, they were like the formative team of, you know, my youth because of, because of how, how good that, how good that team was and how famous Sergei Fedorov was. Like right. he was cool in mainstream in like cross culture, like pop culture sort of present in a way that no other hockey players right. were not then and not now. Right. And that was part of the reason why I think people are so drawn to him. Like those skates that I wrote about, I remember going, going to Shenley park and seeing a, seeing a kid wearing them on the, you know, on the, in the, in, in the rink over there and be like, Oh shit, those are, those are so cool. 
I, so I, I loved, I loved Sergey Fedorov. And now that, that was the part where I just want, I just want to make sure that, that, that everybody is aware that I wasn't, that I, I wasn't, this wasn't some kind of deliberate, you know, hatchet right. job there. I love because the people had, and I love, like you all and, had and, choice, like people were signing up. You were volunteer. It was like, all right, here's the list of players. If you have a story to tell or you're excited to do it, grab, like, you know, it was a, a sign up genius or it wasn't, but it was just like that. It was like, what, what do you bring into the potluck dinner? And Sean was like, oh, I want to do Sergey Fedorov because I, I love that guy. And, and yeah. you're right. He, one of the reasons he was, you know, like the Nike, all, all that stuff, the, you know, all the stuff that made him kind of stand out outside hockey. I think that's why you took that approach. And I feel bad because. It's funny because when you sometimes when you're writing a story, you know you're just going to get crucified in the comments. You know you're writing something that people are just going to disagree with, and you can kind of brace yourself. And I just feel bad, Sean, that you're like, ah, it's not you even came like, to it's like, like it's you came like to you like get patted on the back. You're like, oh, the Federoff story dropped today. I don't really, can't you know, I, to, I, it is can't it, wait for it all is the accolades. But oh, holy shit, man! <laughs> I was they were I, they tried to they tried to make me the main character on hockey Twitter last week, brother. Ooh, oh, maybe. I carried over to hockey Twitter too. 100% mm. people are people were I'm still getting like pissed off people this is January 2nd I'm still getting people in my mentions like <laughs> hold on here's the, here's the last one this is like this is a taste of the of the sort of shit that that I've been uh mm. and again who cares right I I don't care if people are mean to me on the internet but like it, it has it is just it is, it's a wild like level of uh of negativity because people are because people are pissed and if you and, and if you want to see something funny go look at the comment section because those people are just like i'm glad people care like coming, besides you, the, your me. ego having to deal with it i'm glad people cared this much about this series that they mm-hmm. honestly like me too i i love the passion i just i, I you know I, I do feel like it was a little bit misguided in this case <laughs> <laughs> that was th- th- this is this morning. He was the this. Yeah, this yeah. is a Twitter reply. He was the best player in the world, but you'd rather talk about the brand of skates he wore. Embarrassing. Mm. Some dude tweeted it. I got a I got a response at literally like twelve oh five on January first, being like, "What the fuck is your problem?" Basically, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm like this is just like the ball just dropped. Right. Like <laughs> drink drink champagne, like whatever. Go go. Go kiss your partner. Maybe that was an Ohio State fan kick. Just was missed. Oh man, I think that was. I think that was it. That's probably it. Always, always blame the. Always blame the Ohio State fans. I'm fine with that. So yeah, I'm sorry if anybody hated it. I didn't. I thought it was good. It's all Red Wings fans. They're just. They're just mad that it wasn't. You know. I don't know. They wanted like a look at his MVP slash Selkie year or whatever it was, and I just like. Didn't didn't feel like doing that. It's really it's really that simple. Okay. Do you have any more coming? Yeah, I do. I have one. Do you want to change the angle of it before it gets published? Uh, I <laughs> have. I changed the angle on it already. Absolutely. Have you really? A little bit. See, see there, commenters. The power. We Sean listens. He's malleable. He I'll ta- neither, he's good. I won't, I'll neither confirm nor deny. The approach will be different, slightly than probably what it was. Well, yes. Okay, I, I don't. I thought the I was going to write about, was gonna write about good, Peter. So. I was going to write about Peter Forsberg starting being an early investor in Crocs, and I decided not to do that. <laughs> I would read that. <laughs> Stay away from footwear, they said. Um, I want to thank Shana Goldman for joining the podcast today. She's great as always. Carried it. It's not hard. No, Rob Pizzo, Mike Russo, Jesse Granger, 
had Mikhail Sergachev on, uh, along with Joe Smith on the uh, Wednesday show, on the roundtable. Joe Smith. Joe Smith. Hey, Joe Smith um, reached out to be friends on Goodreads. That's So now I've got one more friend on Goodreads. Thanks, Joe. People still do Goodreads? <laughs> I do. All right, nerd. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to the Athletic Hockey Show on YouTube. That's at youtube.com forward slash at <laughs> the at side. Sucks. I don't know. You, you could figure out the rest. Also, follow us on your favorite podcast platform and please leave a rating. Unless you just are still mad about this Fedorov story. Then oh, just God. Then please, leave me, please leave me alone. Leave me and my family alone. I love Sergey Fedorov. I know. I can't believe you hate Sergey. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to figure out if it's. If anybody can get hold of him, you can you can pass along. I will. I'll, 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 I'll tell him. Do you think it's because you're from Pittsburgh? Like Red Wings fans hate Pittsburgh. Yes. I, like I think there's maybe some. Not to. I'm, not, I'm trying to end the episode. I think here. it's probably because I did. Like it's it's not a perfect story. Like I, I made I made choices and people you know you're free yeah. to disagree with them. Right. That's the way it goes. Not everybody. Not everybody's gonna like everything you write. But yeah, I think part of it is people like were like, what, what a second? Why is this guy doing it? Wait till the uh, people in Pittsburgh see Max Baltman's writing Sidney Crosby's, who comes in at number three, and I don't know what Sid, Sid's number. What would Matt? What would be like some random angle that is Gatorade <laughs> ads or something? <laughs> see, that sounds bad. Now I'm starting. Now I'm starting to second guess my decision. No, don't, don't second guess. Um, also, I believe we have Joe Pavelski as a guest next week. So that's good. Supposedly. <laughs> Is that news to you, Sean? I'm just reading the telephone. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if that's locked well, in yet necessarily. This is going to put some pressure on Joe. Joe, we're promoting it already. We're looking forward to the newly signed Joe Pavelski. So that's going to be great, and definitely is going to happen. Shout out to Saad. Broke the news on yeah, that one. Great Saad one. Yusuf, Stars reporter. Have a great week, everybody. Sean, great to see you, and happy New Year, which I will keep saying. For the rest of this month. Happy New Year. How about you just close every show by saying Happy yeah, New Year? I might. Happy New Year. <laughs> we'll bang pots and pans. That'll be the way we close out the show. Now. <laughs>